Greetings and good day, and welcome to the first Birds All Day mini episode. I am uh, Old Reliable, uh, an ironic nickname, which I'm sure you've all heard before if you're regular listeners, uh, aka Andrew Stoughton. I am here by myself doing this solo. Uh, it won't always be me. Sometimes you'll get uh, my good friend Drew's fair service. We are going to alternate hosting these because they're going to be small little episodes where maybe we talk a little bit about what the Blue Jays did you know, over the weekend. We hope to have these posted you know, early in the week, Mondays, ideally. Uh, we would love to have you wake up Monday morning with these. Uh, whether that's realistic or not uh, depends on yours truly old reliable. Uh, but yeah, we want to do that talk about what happened over the weekend, uh, maybe preview the upcoming week, and take some of your questions on Twitter, with a preference going to those folks that uh, are heroes who support this podcast through patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, that is how we you know maintain the style to which we have become accustomed, as our, our good friend Drew would say. Uh, and so uh, those heroes are going to get preference. But don't let that discourage you, if you're not a Patreon supporter, from asking us questions on Twitter. You'll see me tweet out you know uh, uh, a prompter, a reminder to, uh, to get your questions in. Uh, as I have already done today, uh, which is September 5th, it is Labor Day, and here I am, laboring away. Uh, it's a labor of love, though, don't worry, folks. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy that I get to uh, ramble at you about baseball. Uh, and I'm kind of going off script, which is why I think the questions are going to be good. But first, let's take a look a little bit at what happened over the weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend for piss babies everywhere, uh, because the Blue Jays lost two or three games to the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, a team that's way behind them in the standings, though that is slightly misleading because the Rays have been playing a lot better baseball in the second half, and they, I think, kind of buried themselves early and are not as bad a team as the standings make them look. Uh, but that doesn't matter to a lot of fans who, who you know, look at the records as they did in the Angels series a couple weeks ago uh, and see the Jays being a better team, dick fingers, air quotes, uh, and expect wins, which is just sort of not how baseball works. It's a game of long-term trends, as somebody... Uh, quite astutely put it to me on Twitter the other day. And uh, and so sometimes weird short-term things happen, such as Blue Jays losing to inferior teams like the Angels and the Rays. Uh, that said, you know, things can sometimes get ugly for these Toronto Blue Jays. There's a little more swing and miss happening than last year. Uh, Kevin Pillar not hitting the cover off the ball the way he did last year, which he did not do, but he did at a rate that was... Uh, considerably better than before, which is not, I mean, my God, why am I picking up Kevin Pillar as the, the first guy to, to start dumping on it? I have no idea because he's obviously a fantastic center fielder. We're all happy that he is safe after that weird collision with uh, Ezekiel Carrera uh, on Sunday in Tampa. But yeah, it, it, I'm just thinking off the top of my head of things that are different between these Blue Jays and last year's Blue Jays. One of them, of course, as well, is Jose Batista, uh, who has not really hit his stride yet, uh, which, you know, run out of time there, champ, uh, because it is, you know, already September. He's had some injury problems. He had, you know, sort of a lackluster season going into, uh, you know, into a period where he was hurt a whole bunch uh, and has never really gotten himself right. Uh in one way, that's a problem for the Blue Jays. In another way, that's kind of a, you know, not to sound like fucking J.P. Ricciardi, but it's like you're adding a Jose Batista here for the stretch drive because at some point you expect that he's going to materialize and start doing Jose Batista things on a more regular basis. We've seen it a little bit since he's come back, but uh, but yeah, he really hasn't been himself. 
And that's another one of those things that I might term a problem with the Blue Jays offense. And then there's, of course, you know, the Smokes and the Uptons and uh, guys who are going to look ugly at the plate maybe more often than not, but uh, provide value in our, you know, bench guys that people really like to to harp on. Um, and, of course, now I'm talking about overall things where I'm supposed to be talking about a weekend series in Tampa, but good Lord, who wants to talk about what specifically happened there when the stupid Rays, you know, Alex Cobb's first start in a couple of years, looked great against the Jays, the Jays' bullpen kind of imploded, Marcus Stroman hung a pitch to Logan Forsyth, and, and that was pretty much the ballgame, which, uh, you know, Stroman has been, you know, not... Great when it comes to preventing uh, home runs this year, uh, which was always, you know, the knock on him, right? And uh, the thing that people worried about was going to keep him from being a starter. And we've seen that he's been a starter with success, with especially with success two years ago. This year he's been fine. He's been better than fine, I think, at a lot of times. Uh, I'm not saying this so that I am worried about Marcus Stroman, but, uh, but it was just an illustration and a really kind of fucking painful one of uh, the things that can go wrong when uh, when you're living and dying by, uh, you know, the, the plane of your fastball a little bit uh, and having to keep the ball down in the zone and really can't miss up because it comes in real flat and looks real juicy to a guy uh, like Logan Forsyth who may be trash. Or was it Logan Morrison? It was one of the Logans. I don't know. This is this is going to be an issue for me, uh, remembering specific names and specific shit. But, uh, but we will soldier on. Uh, the Jays finally uh, came through on Sunday, uh, which was nice. Uh, it was a game that, of course, they spent a lot of time behind in, uh, which, of course, only enabled the Piss Babies more and more. Uh, got some real bad takes on the Twitter, which is home of bad takes, uh, <laughs> during that one uh, before you know Devin Travis tied it up. Russell Martin hit that huge home run. The French announcers went nuts. Uh, I think Joanna at Hum and Chuck has that posted. She's all right on top of the the. And he did, as you would expect, the uh, the the folks at uh, TVA or whatever, however you're supposed to pronounce it, uh, they have an affinity for uh, for native son Russell Martin, uh, and so it's great when they lose their fucking minds when he does something awesome, which uh, which he did once again, which is. Uh, I heard Wilner last night uh, talking about, or I guess yesterday afternoon, talking about how there were people saying Russell Martin was done earlier in the year. I would like to meet some of those people. I don't think those were actual real people. I think they may have been straw people. But people were definitely concerned about Russell Martin uh, early on in the season uh, when he was fucking garbage. Uh, so maybe understandably so. And you, I think it's only natural to worry about a catcher on the wrong side of 30 Getting close to being on the wrong side of 35, uh, making a ton of money for a bunch more years, or, you know, what, two, two years after this one? Three years after this one? Whatever it is. Uh, and looking like absolute trash at the plate. Uh, I think we thought, you know, a bit of a down year for him was coming, but hopefully he would maintain his ability to be passable. He's obvi- He obviously does so much for this team that I think it's, you know, it's... Hard to overstate how important Russell Martin is to this team. And that's maybe a thing that I wouldn't have said a few years ago. You know, I, I have, uh, I've railed a long time against intangible bullshit because I think that was, uh, a crutch that people used to, uh, to justify really bad ways of thinking about the game and, and, and to overlook mountains of data and evidence, uh, 
in order to sort of maintain a status quo that deserved to be challenged. So I was kind of not for that. But, you know, now as the world has become more sensible, this is the way I justify it to myself. Maybe I'm just an asshole. But, uh, <laughs> but as the world has sort of become more sensible to the statistical way of thinking about baseball and how that's been, you know, first incorporated into front offices and is now slowly but surely uh, becoming, you know, just a standard part of baseball discourse, uh, there, there seems to have left room for intangible stuff a little more. And we've talked about, you know, that was a big thing last year about the clubhouse culture uh, with the Blue Jays and with Alex Anthopoulos really looking to to improve the clubhouse culture and make it more of a team and not look at guys as much as, you know, just pieces on a chessboard, but as, as a cohesive unit and, I don't know, paying a lot of lip service to that kind of stuff. You can probably tell I still roll my eyes a little bit at some of it. Uh, but I think some of it is valid, too, and, you know, if the players are comfortable, if the players, you know, have what they think is a leader they can get behind more power to them and 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 if that if that's a good thing for the team if they think that's positive then yeah i'm fine with that and that's where we come to russell martin who does tangible things well also you know the pitch framing which once wasn't intangible and now you know we have data on it and see that he's very good at that uh and just seems to really lead a staff well you know i uh it's a little bit of a coincidence that his teams are always in the playoffs, but it's not entirely a coincidence because catcher is such an important position. Russell Martin is damn good at that. Uh, he's a, he's a joy to watch, especially when he's hitting the damn shit out of the ball, which he has been lately. Um, been a huge, huge bat for this team. If he hadn't woken up from that slumber that he was in earlier in the season, uh, who knows where this team would be? Uh, he's one of those guys. There's a few of them. Uh, you know, Jason Grilly coming along and returning to being Jason Grilly after really struggling in Atlanta at the start of the year. Uh, it's it's been it's been a really interesting season. It has not been the season that was last year, where they languished for a really long time and then just snapped, turned into a juggernaut. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe expect that. I think a lot of people who started watching. I uh, I hate slagging people like this because I don't know how many people actually. Nobody actually just watched their first baseball game after the trade deadline last year, right? I mean, people were... Casual fans aren't so casual as to have never noticed the game or never watched the game. You know, people know what baseball is. They've been to Blue Jays games and are... You know, it's just that their fandom sort of stepped up. So it's kind of shitty to be like, oh, you've never watched baseball before last August. But if you really hadn't paid attention to the ins and outs of a baseball season, it may have seemed like this thing this year has gone very poorly... Uh, at times, because there are there are ups and downs, and they weren't just this juggernaut that. And this is a term I've used, you know, writing about this before. But and and I hate bring coming back to you know other sports like, for example, hockey, which obviously is uh, a bit of a thing in this country here, uh, where it's like that you can't you can't impose your will in baseball on another team. You can't you know use your physicality to to beat a team and go after their throats or whatever and, and and just, you know, demoralize them physically in the way that you can in other sports. Uh, it's just it, the nature of the game is different. But what the Blue Jays were doing last August and last September, uh, I think kind of looked, had the look of that, had the, had the look of a dominant team in another type of sport that when people see that going away and then looking more like a traditional really good baseball team, uh, it just it, it it isn't resonating with them. I think sometimes, 
But enough about straw people, you know. Russell Martin, killing it. Uh, the Jays have big series coming up. It's going to be a fun September. It's weird. We're all, you know, nervous about it. The Boston pulled pulled even with the Blue Jays at one point over this weekend. Uh, and actually, I didn't check the score last night, so I don't know if they're even with them right now or not. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that I don't think we should lose sight of, is the fact that uh, it's not... it's. It's, I was going to say it's not playoffs or bust, which is going to sound maddening, I think, to people. Because, yeah, fucking right, you want to be in the playoffs. However, uh, September is really fun. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be nerve-wracking. But there's going to be, you know, so much joy in the good things that are going to happen in, in September. There's going to be so much dread in the bad things. And that's sort of the ride that we're on. And uh, maybe I go too far sometimes in trying to keep the even keel, especially with the negative stuff, because, man, it drives me nuts. And as someone who has watched, you know, as a career for, like, ten years, a lot of shitty baseball, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I have a professional as well as natural tendency to, uh, to, to just fucking hate that shit when you just get overly negative about uh, everything. And I say you meaning probably literally anybody but you who's listening to this. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. As my as my preamble, uh, which I guess this is, uh, because I'm not really talking about the Rays series, because, again, fuck that series. Um, yeah, man, let's get let's get to it. Let's, let's fucking do this. This is going to be quite a lot of fun uh, coming up through September. Well, let's not stumble out of the gate against the fucking Yankees. That would be disappointing, uh, and would only add to, you know, the fucking morons just to, complaining about this offense, which is a good offense, which is an offense that scores a lot of runs, which is an offense that is not lacking for small ball, for example, which is a conversation I had on Twitter, uh, following the Jays' loss, or excuse me, following the Jays' win. I think a lot of people were acting like it was a loss. I think I was responding to tweets from early in the game, uh, when people were going off the deep end a little bit, and I fortunately... Uh, had the Twitter off, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know after after that, I, I did I did I saw people talking about small ball, which is I mean, come on, are we really having that debate in this year? And that's that's why also you know some of these things where I'm like everybody listening already knows this and already agrees. Uh, that's why I hesitate to talk about those things, but then. That is out there, you know. People do think, "Hey, sack bunt a little more," you know. Do those little things. You got to get cut. And it's like, no, this offense works really well the way that it is. Uh, would you like better players than Melvin Upton and Justin Smoke to be getting as many at bats as they do? Yeah, of course you would. But uh, but for guys at the bottom of a lineup, uh, or you know, the middle bottom of the lineup, because we of course have Devin Travis, who's been fucking awesome, uh, hitting ninth. They're fine. They're really fine. They're going to run into some fastballs and knock them out of the park, and that's a very good thing. And that makes up for a lot. Uh, and the fact that you're not going to get productive outs out of them does not come close to uh, to making equivalent the negative value of that with the value of what they do do when they do put the ball in play. So... So yeah, the Jays are good. The pitching's been ridiculous. The bullpen is solid now. 
I've got some interesting September call-ups that we're going to see. Uh, with rosters expanded, I think, uh, you know, you're not going to see as many uh, games where... You're, you're just going to see a little bit of a different configuration in terms of bullpen usage, in terms of guys, you know, getting days off here and there. Uh, but they're still in a fight, so it's still going to be, you know, best on best, I think, most nights. And, and that's going to be tremendous, even if, God forbid, it doesn't quite work out the way that we all hope it will and think it will. Uh, not to end on a downer note before we get into the questions. But yeah, it could all go fucking sideways on us here. Um, but that's kind of the part of the thrill of it, right? I mean, if we didn't, if we knew it wouldn't, the hell would be the fun of this next month. So let's enjoy the ride. All right, let's go to some questions. All right, first question is going to be easy because we've basically already discussed it. It comes from Matt Bennett at MDBennett12. He asks, why do fans freak out? Uh, is it because they don't know how to act? Because we haven't had meaningful baseball for so long, they don't know what meaningful baseball is. Uh, we basically already talked about that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's maybe part of it. It's uh, that's sports, right? I mean, <laughs> it's hard to keep an even keel, and you're kind of not supposed to keep an even keel, I think, in a lot of ways. it's uh, That's not the thrill of it, uh, even though it is annoying as hell when you go much too far the other way, right? I mean, when you act like the season is over when it's a season of long trends. Uh, so that drives me a little bit nuts. Moving on, we will go to Andrew Robertson's question. It is, he is at A-N-D-A-L-E-Rob and Ale-Rob, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. And he asks if I think Travis is more valuable leading off or hitting ninth to turn over the lineup for the bigger guns. Uh, I really like Jose Batista in the leadoff spot. I didn't think I would say that maybe at the start of the year. I talked about Russell Martin maybe leading off just because he has some on-base skills and then he went in the goddamn toilet for a while. Uh, yeah, Batista, I don't like the fact that he's guaranteed a, uh, a, a plate appearance every game where there's nobody on base because, you know, he's a guy who can hit home runs and you want him to do that with guys on base. And, you know, that's kind of why you stack your lineup with the sluggers behind the on base guys, right? That's the idea is to get the, is to play for the big inning and not, you know, look for solo home runs. And so that's sort of problematic having Jose there in the first place, but you mitigate that a bit by having Devin Travis, a guy who will get on base in the ninth spot, so when the lineup gets turned over, uh, you're right back into the thick of it with Batista and, and Donaldson and Encarnacion. Uh, so I'm real good with that, and especially because, you know, Jose's not just a slugger. He's got the elite on-base skills. He's, uh, you know, he takes walks. That's what he does, right? So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm real okay with that. I don't think that you need to make it look like it's a, a traditional lineup so much. I think people really do have this uh, this outdated thought of, uh, you know, you got to have the speedy guy at the top, and and you know Travis maybe looks more like a, you know, Dick Finger quotes looks more like a, a leadoff hitter than than Batista does or some of those other guys do. But I like that Gibbons as being unorthodox there. Uh, I think he's doing that in the right way. And and uh, as odd as it is to see Jose Batista leading off, I'm I'm very very okay with that. Uh, we will next go to Brendan Kelly. Uh, who asks if I agree with John Gibbons about putting Navarro in the cleanup cleanup spot uh, based on a limited sample size? That's something that he did on Sunday. Brendan adds, and Brendan is at the real BK Kelly. He adds uh, he does not like that, and I completely agree. Uh, <laughs> this is an unorthodox thing that John Gibbons does, or maybe it's an orthodox thing that John Gibbons does, where he really tends to believe that uh, in it seems at least in the pitcher versus batter. Uh, 
splits, right? You know, the, the sample size is tiny, but if if he's had that guy's number, uh, Gibby wants to get him in there. And, and there are times when it works out, but it's just, I, I don't think that that is a way to manage a team. I don't think that that is, you know, going to be borne out by the data when you're looking at a sample size that small, that success in a tiny number of, of plate appearances is going to necessarily mean success uh, over the long term. That said, you know, maybe... There's, you know, the parts of the zone the guy throws to, you know, it, there there are ways that that could not be as completely, you know, negligent as it maybe looks. But, uh, but yeah, generally, I don't think I would do that. But that said, uh, it's kind of maybe like the bullpen or, or excuse me, well, yeah, the bullpen, the relievers really like their defined roles. You know, we've heard that going back to the John Farrell days, we're hearing about how Marco Estrada likes, you know, his routine. Uh, in terms of when they switched to the six-man rotation, he kind of bristled a little bit about that. I don't like the idea that, you know, oh, this guy prefers to hit in this spot. This guy likes to hit here. I think that's bullshit. But we saw last year Troy Tulowitzki didn't want to hit leadoff. You know, just much more comfortable hitting in the middle of the lineup somewhere. Uh, and if that's, what, if that's what that is, if guys are, are more focused, uh, are able to focus more on the job that they have and aren't being distracted by, oh, I don't really feel comfortable coming up at this point in the game. Uh, as dumb as that is, I think, uh, I don't see the harm in abiding their wishes there either, right? I mean, I think what you're trying to do as a manager is to put guys in a position to have as much success as they possibly can. So uh, so if they think that's a hindrance to their success, just the fact that they think it is maybe, you know, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and so maybe there is something to it. Uh, but I'm really playing devil's advocate here because I, I think that kind of stuff is stupid where, well, the number two hitter is off today, so somebody else goes into the number two spot. I would rather, you know, you rework the lineup to make it ideal, to optimize it every time. But hey, it worked, so <laughs> hard to complain too much about that. Uh, Brennan asks another question. Uh, this is the real BK Kelly. He asks, do you think Tolly and Dickey should be left off the playoff roster if the Blue Jays makes it, make it that far? Similar question to Josh Kogan, Josh underscore the Jays fan uh, on the Twitter machine, uh, who asks about the playoff roster. Uh, yeah, Tolly and Dickey, I don't think should be on there. I mean, barring injury, barring you know something happening with Aaron Sanchez's role, uh, there's just not enough room for R.A. Dickey to be a starter, right? You really only need four starters, uh, and that obviously negates the need for Josh Tolly to the delight of many, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't see them being on the roster uh, come playoff time, assuming the Blue Jays make it, because we can't just assume that yet, as we talked about, or as I rambled about earlier on in the episode. You know, he's uh, it, it's still going to be a fight with the Red Sox. Uh, as far as, you know, I'm not going to name all 25 guys. You basically know the basics of the squad, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, where the playoff roster goes, uh, you know, Martin and Navarro at catcher, you're going to have only the four starters. You're probably going to see Francisco Liriano in the bullpen uh, as that second lefty. That's my guess, even though the first you know, little experiment with that didn't go so well. I think he's going to get more opportunities. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who's paid a lot of money next year. So it's going to be it's going to be hard to leave him off the roster. I think I don't think that would be the reason, but <laughs> because you don't really need much of a reason because his competition is Aaron Loop and Matt Dermody and, you know, <laughs> guys who maybe have uh, – have some splits, some reverse splits, and can get lefties out. But I, I don't know. I think I could see Francisco Liriano being the guy who gets that spot. And and Dalton Pompeyes, I think, is a guy who you know wasn't here all year uh, in that role, and will be a guy who probably 
uh, makes the playoff roster theoretically as well. Uh, just we saw him last year, the ability to steal bases as a pinch runner. Uh, you know, the Jays have some guy. You know, they have guys with a little bit of speed. Carrera can steal a base. Melvin Upton can steal a base. But I think uh, Pompey's on a different level. Assuming I haven't watched him all year, but assuming that he's you know on the same level that he was last year. So there's another guy where you know you might see taking a roster spot of a type like Josh Tolley who won't be needed here. Uh, so yeah, I think that's about it as far as our questions go. Thank you very much. I apologize that I've rambled so much. I apologize that I'm not Drew, but uh, he'll do the next one, and I'm sure it will be much wittier and much more insightful uh, because I'm really just the the comic relief in my own head in this uh, in this little crew we got going on. But I appreciate you indulging me. I appreciate your support at Patreon. Uh, we'll give preference to people, again, who support us on Patreon in terms of questions. Don't let that scare you off because, you know, it's cool if you don't contribute. That's, uh, that's, that's up to you, and we understand that not everybody has cash to throw around, but if you value our content, we truly, truly appreciate it. We also appreciate if you rate and review the podcast at iTunes. That really helps other people to find it. Uh, helps bring it up the iTunes rankings, which is, uh, which is a good thing. We can make it bigger and better. And, and, uh, and that's really, I guess the goal is to, is to bring some fine quality Jays content to as many people as we possibly can, who are starving for something other than, you know, the typical channels. So that's what we're doing. That's what I hope we've done. That's what I hope I've done here. Uh, and since I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice at this point, that's it. Thank you very much. And we'll see you in the big show, me and Drew, later in the week. Go Jays!